Welcome back, everyone. We are now into the second part of our mid-season live stream. And I just want to say thank you, everyone that's joined us so far or is just jumping in now. Like, thank you for joining us. So if you don't know about Story X Story, uh, we are a podcast where we discuss stories across pop culture. And we've been chatting with the My Matter team. I am Tazzy. I am the co-host and the content creator. And yeah, and also joined with Nigel. <laughs> <laughs> hello, hello, everyone. So I got um, used to being um, in between segments and not speaking. I was like, oh, I can't speak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, who, yeah, um, who is the uh, co-founder and co-host of the podcast and co-founder of My Matter, <laughs> not just the podcast, just to clarify. <laughs> <laughs> just to clarify. <laughs> um, and we're now joined with Alan from Melanin Gamers. Hello, Alan. How are you doing? What's up, Tazzy? Hey, Nigel. How are you guys doing? Thanks for joining us. Um, how's it going? Yeah. How's everything going with Melanin Gamers? Actually, what is Melanin Gamers? Let the people okay. know. Okay. Okay, so um, Melanin Gamers is a gaming community with um, with the special heading of trying to promote diversity and inclusion in the gaming industry. We have a special focus on content creators and we do it in several different ways. We host panels where we talk about different kind of issues that have trickled from the wider society into our little um, bubble. I wouldn't say little anymore, actually. It's pretty big now. Our massive bubble of um, pop culture and um, gaming. And we also set up networking opportunities for people to get into the gaming industry, whether it's the content creator side or develop, um, developing and publishing games. And we also like to game together. That is like one of the first and foremost things that we like to do. We're a bunch of just black nerds, just gaming out, having a good time. Yeah, we are, I'd say, like the podcasters friends of Melanin Gamers, would that be yeah. the correct term? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, we've, we've collaborated and had different members of Melanin Gamers as guests on the podcast in Gamepad and all that fun stuff. So it's mm. always a pleasure having any of you here. Thank I'm you for joining us. Current crown holder of the Gamepad of some of the games there. So I <laughs> definitely come here to come instruct my stuff. <laughs> yeah. So should we should we start with our favorite stories of the year so far? So far. Um it doesn't have to be necessarily come out this year but what we've been enjoying this year alan you start because uh, we've already um I would, there are two i don't know if they count as stories but the netflix special yasuke was mm. not at all why i expected it to be when i was first when i first signed up for it um because i automatically thought that it was going to be like some kind of animated historical drama depicting mm. the life of yasuke uh, the first black afro um first black afro first black samurai in japan and i that is not what i got <laughs> that is not what i got at all i got mechs i got magic i got yeah, i got yeah. madness so i was like okay so we're going why would that not count as a story how that's that's a clear story <laughs> yeah in my head i was like <laughs> was you was you pleasantly surprised by the like literally everything you love about anime ever being in this uh, I was pleasantly <laughs> shocked because I just it just caught, just caught me way off guard because I was about yeah. to sit down, had my notebook ready to like take notes about like any kind of historical drama about surrounding this because I've heard about him before, but I figured that this was the first time I was actually going to get like a a narrative about his life. Wasn't that at all? So I just put the, I just literally closed the notepad, 
put the pen down, got the popcorn, and I just start watching. So yeah, it was it was madness. It was um I, I have some thoughts on this. Yes. Um I'm in two minds about it because I was I don't want to play it down because I was in two minds about it because of when I was going into it, I thought it was going to be a historical drama. So that was my mindset. I was like, oh, I'm here to learn. I'm here to observe. But then when I got like a Dragon Ball Z type uh, anime, I was like, oh, okay. Like, so it's not that it's a bad anime. I it's that just... far, but I see what you mean. <laughs> oh yeah, I see what you mean, yeah. But it wasn't a bad anime in that in those terms. It just wasn't what I was expecting. So it put a dap, it put like a dampener on my enthusiasm for it. If I was going in expecting swords, magic, and dragons and that kind of thing, then in my head I might have been more excited about it. But because I was expecting something different, it just didn't mm. hit as well as it should have. If you get what I mean. Interesting, Interesting. Nigel. What was your thoughts on it? So I, I liked it, and well, actually, I haven't finished it. <laughs> so I need okay. to finish it first. Um, but. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, we won't do any spoilers, but it's kind of like, as Adam has said and, and what it's about, what I found a little frustrating is sort of the way the story's told. I like the story and I like everything that's in it, but it feels it feels weirdly condensed. It feels like mm. the there are story elements that could have been given more time to breathe. So I, I'm trying to think of an example that doesn't give too much away so oh uh, an example so like the the enemies kind of come in and i don't necessarily feel like you know when there's an antagonist and you're like oh mm. yeah, I, I don't like this person and this is why you don't feel any way about them they're just yeah. there yeah and then there's like different ones coming in and, and all that and it's like i don't know what to feel about them and then so it's kind of that kind of thing where if elements in it would have been given more time to breathe then i'd feel more of an attachment more of an investment and therefore you'd care more about the protagonist and, and their journey um, as well. So that's my frustration thing, because I like what I'm seeing. I just feel like there's a lot being packed in and mm. not enough being given time to breathe. Yeah. Now that you sort of like said it out loud, I'm like, yeah, no, it, that's very true. Like when I was watching it, I'm just like, oh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and so like when you're saying it, like as soon as you said that it, it doesn't have enough time to breathe. I was like, yeah, no, totally. That's it. That really yeah. does, does hit the nail on the head. I didn't go in with any expectations because it was just there on yeah, Netflix. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> clicked on it. I uh, was like catching up with a friend as well. So it was like, this looks cool. Should we watch this? And it was like quite short. So I think in that, it kind of adds merit to the fact that it wasn't fleshed out because otherwise it would have been longer and maybe we wouldn't mm. have watched it. I'm a sucker for, um, anime especially if it's, it's uh the first black samurai so it, it should have been as long as possible needed to flesh mm -hmm. out that story because not like you said tazzy now that nigel said it i'm like oh my gosh that makes so much sense it's like i didn't feel anything because everything felt i wouldn't say rushed but like condensed so like the how can i say it without spoiling it the history <laughs> of of the samurai the main the protagonist that i felt like could have been more fleshed out giving us more loyalty to what his cause was and why he was in the way that he was. Yeah. But it just felt like we just had to accept him. And that's just him now. This is like we're in this box now instead of how did we get here? But I understand that that would take a long more time to like naturally speaking to flesh it out and understand because yeah. you know, that's all about storytelling, about putting us in his position of why yeah. he's 
me now. Do you know what I hope it is? I hope it's like it's like a, a taster of more stories mm. like this to come that will then be bigger, like to, you know, see how this does yeah. and then oh look, people love this. Let's do more like this right. and more let's of this deep. and like let's go deeper. So maybe maybe that's what maybe it's like a testing of the waters. <laughs> like hopefully yeah. there's there's more and it's just a I tell you so, because as well, like I did sort of look at it and see it like, oh, a bit historical. And like, I'm normally not into like historical dramas. So for me, like all the like, uh, you described it as like Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, that was. <laughs> and I was like. That that was harsh, that. And I like Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> I don't like Dragon Ball Z. Okay. But you know what I think it is? I think it's like the mature, like if Dragon Ball Z was made for adults. Like so, I get where you're coming from, like with the action and the and the like, like everything is going on. But I think yeah. it just has like a way more mature like feel to it, so yeah. that it's like that, you know. Yeah. If... Well, when you compare it to Dragon Ball Z, yes, it does. <laughs> I mean, it does anyway. But <laughs> yeah, it reminded me of Afro Samurai with um back oh, in the day yeah. with Samuel Jackson. Yeah, so, yeah that's yeah. what it reminded me of. I've it's still awesome. never watched that, and I need to. Yeah, that's like true. what's wrong with me. <laughs> this... <laughs> I'm so nervous to watch it because it's been so hyped over so many years mm -hmm. that I'm like, oh, why do I don't like it? And actually, I, I did like try it. and watch it once and watch the first episode. And I just don't think I was in the right frame of mind, which is similar to like when I watched One Piece the first time, wasn't into it at all. So I actually only started like really watching it about three years ago. Um, and obviously there's like a zillion episodes. So <laughs> it's like my, when I don't really have anything I want to commit to, I like, I don't want to commit to something new. I like chuck on one piece. Cause it, yeah. I know it's always going to be there for me. Oh well, yeah. Always like, it seems like, <laughs> like literally always. <laughs> forever, forever and ever. Yeah. Alan, have you been catching up with any of the Marvel shows? I feel we may as well introduce like Marvel oh. to if you've seen any. Yes, sir. I've watched the Captain America. I needed to watch that because obviously what Men in the Gamer does and the topics they're discussing in the, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And also I've watched One Division. I'm a really big sucker for all of Marvel. Like they can just have all of my money and they can do whatever they like with it. And <laughs> I've, I haven't watched Loki. I'm not as hyped about Loki, but I know that Loki's going to have the entire franchise is going to have um, implications for the wider universe. So the nerd in me needs to watch it just to just be satisfied so also think, don't you feel like uh disney have continuously pleasantly surprised us that you just should give anything they put out a try right now yeah but it's like um i would say yes but considering the kind of money and the kind of power that they wield anything less would be an insult you get what i'm saying like i don't want to like put dirt on disney's True. name but anything less like, they've had 22 movies, each of them almost blockbuster hits, and to fuel and ramp up all that kind of hype. Like, they can do anything they want, and they have the money and the resources to do it. So, if I'm I'm expecting, like, Good mini point. movies when I'm watching yeah. episodes. Okay, so, yeah. Holding so, them to high standards. Yeah. I like that, yeah. You're like, I will give you all my money, and you can do what you want, but it's very good. Exactly. So, has everything so far, like, met expectations? Has anything gone above? Um, Vision. okay, I'll do it in order. Vision was, that entire journey about grief was very interesting. And some of the, um, I would say, conclusion to the, some of the conclusions in that. So, like, the 
I don't know, saying uh, spoiler warning if you haven't watched one of the the Coen Exactly. <laughs> but um, there was this top part in WandaVision where instead of like there being a big massive fight between the two visions, there was it was kind of a, a play on the intellect and the idea of identity. And I felt that was really interesting because it's like they could have solely went down the route of let's just that big guys, let's bash it out, let's see who wins and then go from there. But I like the fact that they because it's vision in the comics, it's also his um conflict with his him trying to gain his humanity, even though he knows it's a synthetic machine. So I really did enjoy that. And obviously Wanda's journey with grief and um that kind of madness. But it's kind of weird, like no one's angry at Wanda. But like I get it, Wanda's was grieving, but she took over she an entire town. Yeah. Like kidnapped an entire town <laughs> and like no one's like bothered by that. <laughs> so I was like, okay. But um She does yeah, she does some it. things she yeah. kind of you wonder like, is she the antagonist in this mm. but Especially in the very beginning. Yeah. But um, I think that was probably the one of the premises of the show that everybody, no one is a bad guy per se, just good people make bad decisions. And because of external stimuli, like things like grief, sadness, anger, you know, that kind of thing. When you make decisions based on that, it tends yeah. to be the wrong decision. So, And also, I feel like, sorry to butt in, but I don't think, personally, I'm like, Wanda shouldn't be uh, like... <sighs> what's the word held to a like if someone else was grieving to that extent like all of that wouldn't happen but not because they are choosing not to make that happen because that's just oh, not how they like what wonders not choosing to make all that happen obviously there's a point where she starts to realize what's happening and she kind of like tries to hold on to it but like really that was just like it was just natural like it wasn't it was a natural occurrence so it's like can you just because she has these superpowers can you really be like you know if someone throws a tantrum you're not like well i don't know like if you've got hormones coursing through your body or whatever like there's a leeway because that was what happened so you kind of i don't know it's a question you know it's like something to put one wonder upon that was actually the Captain America, um, the Winter Soldier and Falcon and the Soldier, where it's like, what you're saying also plays into that um, plays into that uh, story because of the, if you have the power, power makes you more of yourself. It doesn't change you. Same with money, any kind of external stimulus. So, and with when it comes to superheroes, they have to be held to a higher standard than regular people because you're right. A regular person can't just kidnap a whole town. Jeff Bezos could. But regular people can't. So if Jeff Bezos throws a tantrum, it's a lot more serious because of the implications that he can have to other people, if you get what I'm saying. Not that Jeff Bezos would, like, kidnap a superhero. Yeah, he, depends how you... Honestly, I think he's Lex Luthor. Like, honestly, <laughs> I think he's Lex Luthor, if I'm being dead serious. But anyway, um, I'm joking. Joking, but not joking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one of them has a moon base, the other one doesn't, and I'm not talking about the comic book count, but, but anyway... Um, <laughs> Winter Soldier, there was a lot of um, play on with this kind of power. There's also a lot of responsibility, Spider-Man styles. And with Captain America, I really enjoyed the fact that they dove into the Black experience and also the um, veteran and how they're treated by the American public. Well, not just America, like most countries, this is how they treat their veterans. It's like once you're done with the war, they just kind of discard you Mm -hmm. and they're done with you. So I like how they dove into that. Um, And they... 
didn't hold back. That's what I really enjoyed about it. They didn't put any punches. This was full on. This is the experience. This is how it is. Wrapped up in a nice, neat little superhero bundle. Mm. So, especially when they to start talking about the the torture of the Tuskegee soldiers, which was well, inspired the oh, yeah. uh, um, Bradley. I can't remember his name. Oh my gosh, I'm such a bad nerd. Um, <laughs> I don't blame you. I'm terrible with names, so. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah. yeah. Like, but I wish I could help you now. <laughs> exactly. But essentially, that's what they were talking about. And a lot of that was um, mirrored. A lot of the topics that they were dis- discussing were mirrored in reality, and they didn't shy away from that. So, granted, I'll give props to Marvel because that was a very bold, I would say, very bold mm. move because they could have very much, especially something like Captain America, where. Yeah they could have really alienated a lot of their um the audience but i felt it was necessary to mm. understand the black experience before you can understand the falcon's experience about mm. why he had to take up captain the mantle of captain America because mm. it doesn't mean the same thing to mm. someone like steve rogers than to someone mm-hmm. like um what's his name and the knockoff knockoff captain oh. america <laughs> Exactly, but even then, the knock of Captain America, technically speaking, like like when you were, when I was online, when I was reading the comments about the episode, uh, there's a particular episode, spoiler warning, where he does something unthinkable with the shield. And I was reading the comments, and I was like, yeah, I see. Like people were saying, like, I yeah, I see nothing wrong, and that plays into your point about how superheroes have to be held to a higher standard, whereas mm-hmm. a regular person can't just wield the shield and just have the super soldier serum because that's how they would act or act like a regular person mm-hmm. whereas steve rogers he was the pinnacle of what doing the right making the right decision should be same with mm-hmm. um sam wilson he's always made the right decision even if it means the detriment of him or mm-hmm. if it means he's gonna get bad press it's always the right decision but yeah, that's why I dive yeah. into all of that. But yeah, there's a lot of, like you were talking about, there's a lot of um... questioning, right? Um, I just want to like, just to sort of like add to your point about um, the black experience and reflecting on like real, real sort of like drawing parallels from the real world. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a particular scene uh, with Falcon walking through the neighborhood and getting stopped by the police and him mm-hmm. like, do you not know who I am like yeah. what and just like him being like so and you could and it was so well played because you could feel the anger boiling up inside him yeah. and I almost forgot like wait this is someone acting <laughs> I don't think it was acting yeah probably yeah, not acting that, but, yeah, um, that from, from, yeah. <laughs> yeah and because you know we've seen videos countless videos of of I mean, no one should go through that, but particularly people that are all of of a certain stature in society and still being treated that way. And it was nice that they they didn't they didn't they could have easily been like made it a small thing, and they didn't. I was like really happy how much they lent into it because I thought they was going to just like yeah. skirt past that, just add it in, but not really. Mm-hmm. But they yeah, they did. The, they did like really like you say. I mean, they did they they talked about it and they talked about it like directly like the the issue and it was a i was going to say brave thing but brave in the context of this is all like uh scripted tv and <laughs> yeah know, exactly not, uh, going out to fight war but in terms of like what they uh, they had a decision of what they could focus on within mm-hmm. the story um and i i mean i didn't look at what the reaction were but i can imagine a lot of people being upset at the direction and and the topics 
uh, discussed in that. But mm. yeah, they went full mm. <laughs> full into it. So yeah, I, I appreciated that. Yeah, there was loads of arguments online about how this show has become too political and now it's become too much. Um, um, what's the liberal woke one? Yeah, woke. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I was like, the the best counter argument is that Cap- the franchise of Captain America has always been political. It's never shied away from it. Yeah. The only time in the name. Exactly. So <laughs> I'm like, so when you think about, when you go through all the, every single movie of Captain America, it's always talking about, there's always an underlay of, um, that's why Captain America, the franchise itself is one of yeah. my favorites, aside from Black Panther, is one of, because it's grounded in real issues so like mm-hmm. the authoritarian state over um liberal freedoms in captain america 2 the um personal choices and decisions in captain america civil war where you'll see two very big goliath titans go head to head over political issues that have become personal ones so and that is politics in a nutshell there's a lot of um yeah it's, i it's think separate, you can't mm, i think what makes me laugh is when people are like oh it's got too political i'm like no, it's just not following your side of politics. Exactly. It's just not aligning with your side of politics. Mm. It's literally like Marvel is political. Like yeah. their comic books in general have always been heavily political. And that's not even just a side effect. That's like the creators specifically going out to tackle different things going on. Because it's really easy um, to, um, what you call it? Sorry, Tazzy. It's really easy to say no, to say Nazis are bad in Captain America too. But when it's <laughs> uh, Falcon is a soldier and you see a police officer stop a black man for literally walking in the street, suddenly yeah. it strikes another nerve that you weren't expecting. Yeah. So, yeah, I, th- I think you are right, Taz. You, you hit that where it's like, it's not that it's, it's never been political. It's just it didn't align with your <laughs> politics. Exactly. You didn't challenge necessarily your perceptions. So mm-hmm. yeah, as an interest. I, I feel like, yeah, I, I like both the shows. I haven't seen Loki yet, but I will. So Captain America or Falcon and Winter Soldier, for me, I enjoy both of them. And it depends on what your perception of like Marvel like franchise is. But that was the one where it was felt more like what you'd expect from a Marvel property. Um, that's neither good or bad. Like I say, it depends on your <laughs> your uh, sort of perception of it as a whole. And then One Division was the one that really captured me because that was that felt different. That felt like a yeah, just different format uh different focus it wasn't yeah it wasn't like what you'd expect in in a marvel blockbuster and it was the one that i saw some stories online i think i mentioned again uh probably going to refer back to the podcast a lot don't know what episode but some episode i mentioned i'd seen a story in the it was randomly the la times and the writer was a mother and she was saying how she's not a, a marvel fan but she was able to watch that with her son if i remember correctly and it's that kind of thing that it it goes outside of just a Marvel fan. And for me, I think I had a concern with what, when, you know, Kevin Feige brought up the PowerPoint and had like, yeah, here's all the things we're, <laughs> we're bringing you, whether you like it or not, that they'd be like over overkill. And that might still be proved to be the case. But I think if they're going to make this work, where we're getting stories across TV and in the big screen, as well as the comics themselves, they're going to have to not just cater to the now decade of Marvel studios fans and just give them what they want they have to go outside of it whatever that means for them so i liked one division because it, it for me was some evidence at least now that they're pushing outside of just what they've already given us they have to balance making sure they keep the loyalty of the old fans whilst trying to draw in more new ones mm.
should we have like a quick because we've got just a little bit left of this segment and i i don't want to i don't want to i don't want like alan to go before we've talked any gaming um (laughs) (laughs) so before we do like wrap this segment up should we should we have like a quick quick little e3 expectations oh i know elden ring just dropped from the summer fest in so I know I think we're going to get more of that. If for you for people who don't know, Elden Ring is the bust. Oh, sorry, the the love child between George R R Martin and from Software Games. They're the people that made Dark Souls and Sekiro. So you can just imagine the kind of game which is going to just cause people to rage like mm. uncontrollably. So I think that's going to be coming. Hopefully up. with a good ending. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, you're being serious. <laughs> But um, <laughs> I know that there might be um, people can fly a software game. Uh, people can fly. They've, we're going to release a new painkiller game. And I know that's got a really big cult following. So okay. I think we might see some more of that. Um, and as recently, Ratchet and Clank has come out and it's only on PS5 and it's just making me cry because I don't have PS5. It. Yeah. It's just out of shot. I've got it. Yeah, I saw your post. I was like, Nigel, how did you like? Why? How you have a game like on release? Yeah, Are you actually going to no, play it? I'm actually going to play it. I'm also because I'm I'm doing a workshop program and we're talking about STEM careers. Part of that is video games. So I've, I'm gonna. Well, I already have. I'm gonna bring back my uh, PS5 so uh, these kids can see a next gen game, and we're gonna talk about next gen game. So it's partly because of that. If it wasn't for that, I could have waited, but I felt because it's gonna end soon. So let me let me do that. Uh, in the last session, so they can have a bit oh, of... I thought we were uh, friends, Nigel. I thought that? we were friends, Nigel. <laughs> I thought we were friends. We can still be friends. <laughs> <laughs> That's my heart. I will be able to play one of my favourite franchises all the time. I'll let but you know yes. how it goes. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for that. Yeah. Um, Nigel, do you have any, like, big expectations? Do you know what? It's not even just E3, really, is it? It's E3 and the Summer Games Fest, because they're kind of like... Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know how E3 feels like, like that, but yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I have no idea what's um, going on. I don't really have any expectations. I, a weird one is I want to see Psychonauts uh, or Psychonauts mm-hmm. 2. Because I really like, I like, I have that somewhere on like actual CDs, like wow. CDs the game came on, yeah. And it's <laughs> it's a funny game and it's hard to do comedy, um, I feel. So I'm, I really enjoyed the first one. Uh, looking forward to what they do with the next one. Mm-hmm. Right. I have to look up that one. Yeah. yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing more from Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. Mm. Oh, I heard about that today. Um, yeah, because it was like I saw like the first of all the trailer. I'm like, what's this epic looking game? And then it was like it was Borderlands. And it was like Tiny Tina, and then they're like, I mean, it, it uses Borderlands properties, but it's like a way more fantasy esque thing with dragons and magic and yeah. fun stuff. And apparently it's not going to play like a Borderlands game. It is its own thing. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what what the mechanics are and what the actual gameplay is like. And I'm just all here for like Tiny Tina is like one of the best characters in Borderlands and fits perfectly for like fantasy dragons and unicorns and whatever they're going to come up with. And I'm just so looking forward to just learning more about this game. I'm looking forward to see what what Ubisoft have. I I'm really really want to hear more about Far Cry Six, uh, mainly just because of the doggy. Um, <laughs> they got me sold on that, and I haven't I haven't played the the Far Cry franchise for a while, so it'd be nice to get back into it. And 
also just like I'm curious what Ubisoft are going if there's anything like they're going to announce that I don't know about yet. <laughs> if they well, uh, a Splinter Cell game would be nice. Yeah, a proper Splinter Cell game. That's yes. That other. If I had any expectations, well, I don't at this point. I don't because it feels like they're doing everything with Splinter Cell, but making a Splinter Cell game. <laughs> but if there was anything I'd expect, it would be to see mm. that, uh, and that that's another one I will get day one. If yeah, it's a Splinter Cell game. And I play well. I'm I'm supposed to be learning guitar with Rocksmith, and I know that the dev team announced that they are working on something. I think last year. So I would be curious if Ubisoft uh, will bring that up and if that's going to be in the mix somewhere. But yeah, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit curious because I, I, I forget how much Ubisoft own, like how much Ubisoft pu- publish. I feel like I do this with a lot of the game, de- like the game publishers. Yeah, a big day yeah. yeah, I'm like, oh yeah, you're like a conglomerate. <laughs> <laughs> Overwatch 2, I'm also waiting for that as well. I'm yeah. So yeah, Overwatch 2. It's 5v5. Yeah. In the Overwatch 2, I, I believe uh, it was a massive thing because I play tank and mm. they used one of my roles, so it just it it it, it, it knocked me out. So. Mm. I'm curious because I didn't jump on Overwatch when it first came out. I kind of like jumped in there somewhere in the middle, and then it was very toxic at the point I came in. Mm. Um, so it was really hard to just like. It was fun when you got like some good friends to play with and mm. that, but so it'd be nice to sort of like. Fresh, fresh start maybe and see what yeah. see what they do as well and see what um i think not just how the gameplay is i think a big thing with overwatch will be like just how they control things and and what what things they put in place for place for to make sure like people are safe online and mm-hmm. and like reduce the toxicity <laughs> yeah well um when I see that, I'll leave that. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, for me, of Watch Two, they've got a really, really big and rich story that they just keep on like do teasers and teasers and teasers. So Overwatch Two is going to address that with a like a massive story mode. So that's what I'm really looking forward to. Cool. Massive story mode because it's it looks mad. Yeah. Um. So we're going to wrap up uh, part two now. Uh, we're about to join Nigel and some fantastic comic creators for our next panel. So stay tuned. And uh, if you are listening to this later on the po- podcast, there will be a new episode for each segment. So make sure you're subscribed and check the podcast feed for that. Mm-hmm.